the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. A couple minutes after 4, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app. How you doing? Thanks for listening in today. Pretty decent day today. Some sun, some clouds, 64 the high, low 43 tonight. Tomorrow looks like a lot of clouds. Shower two possible and a high of 59. I am very pleased and happy and excited and thrilled and all those things to bring in a very special guest right at the top of the program. His name is Dan Rupel. Hello, sir. How's it going today? Very, very good. But, uh, Tim, don't don't call me sir because it makes me feel really, really old. <laughs> it's just, you know, a term of respect. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll take that. That's kind of you. Yeah, that's kind of you. But if you're reflecting my age, um, we can we can avoid it. Should I call you <laughs> homie or something like that? Would that be more, you know? No, because because that's that's an old guy desperately trying to sound young. <laughs> so that doesn't work either on the other end. But that's me. <laughs> so okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, you're. Uh, I guess are you in what what city are you in in California? These days, uh, I'm in uh, Southern Orange County. Okay, um, about uh, about uh, 45 minutes south of uh, of Hollywood. I'm I'm my uh, house is about an off ramp down from Saddleback Church, oh, Rick wow. Warren. Okay, close by then. That's lovely. You must have yes. fun traffic yes. uh, in your neighborhood on Sundays then. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh, I occasionally run into Rick at the grocery store. <laughs> really, that's interesting. Oh yeah, or or at Starbucks. That's that's fun. Well, I I uh, you know I've I've been friends on Facebook some, uh, but I, I reached out to you recently because um, on the program here we have different guests every day from all walks of life, and I think I wrote this to you, but. The program here has been on for a couple of years, and in my mind, the heart of it is to is to it lines up a lot with what you're doing, kind of how your life has gone in many different ways. And so, uh, without further ado, maybe we can just we could jump into it. But John three sixteen is a huge verse here, and we want to reach folks, uh, encourage people who are believers, also build bridges with those who don't know them, in a in a winsome enough mm-hmm. way, clear, direct, but also not in a uh, slap you across the head kind of way for sure. And um, so anyhow, so your your life has had a lot of that in it. Folks will will know you. And when I first came across who you are through the uh, Isaac Air Freight comedy team and the group and the sketches you did, I think the very mm-hmm. first one was Dragnet, if I'm not mistaken. It made me laugh out loud. I thought it was so well done. Um, uh, thank you. That was one of our first. That was on the first album. Yeah. Was there actually a release like uh, back then as far as which one you put out to let folks know you were around? Well, it was just our first album, yeah. uh, Fun in the Sun, which had uh, Let's Trade Your Salvation, Bible Junkie, 777 Pearly Gates, Religion Store, um, Jerusalem Dragnet, you know, 
and the interesting thing, Tim, is we wrote that entire first record in about um, in about a month, maybe two months' time. Um, if you'll let me go back to kind of the, the beginning of, of I Could Dare Phrase. Yeah, please. Um, when I was in, uh, I was not a believer. I was not a Christian. Um, uh, and in hi- high school, I was about 15 years old, I, I entered the drama department, the theater arts department in high school, and they introduced me to this thing called comedy improv. And I just, it was like, this, this is me. This is the way I'm, I was created. This is the way I was wired. Uh, this is, you know, this is uh, like a fish. This is my water. And uh, we had a improv group uh, performance, you know, that we formed. And we would do performances for, in the drama department. And I got this idea. And I said, hey, why don't we form a, an actual group and start playing uh, high school assemblies and things like that locally? So we started doing that, and it got a really good response. And then I got really bold. Uh, some might say stupid, but <laughs> I, I said, um, why don't we – now, keep in mind, Tim, I'm 15 years old. I said, why don't we drive up to Hollywood and start playing the comedy clubs? And one of the guys in the group had his driver's license. He was 16. <laughs> and so we did that. We started going up there, and I, I would have to lie about my age because, you know, they serve alcohol in those comedy clubs. Yeah. And we started performing. And this went, and it was received incredibly well, and this went on into my college years. And we were doing really well. We were opening for Lily Tomlin. We were considered, uh, we were on the short list of the very first cast of Saturday Night Live in 1975. Wow. And we, just, we were just doing great. And then, okay, um, I'm alone in my room, and, uh, and all of a sudden, I just feel this kind of inner voice saying, you need to seek God. You need, you need God. And then the next kind of instructions was, read your Bible. Well, I had a Bible because um, I, my parents had me go to uh, VBS when I was a little kid. And um, they gave me a Bible. I still had it. And the only thing I remember about the Bible was the red stuff was Jesus. So I just flipped through the Bible looking for as much red stuff as I could find. And I came to Sermon on the Mount, and I read, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And I just, I just crumbled. And I just said, God, I don't totally know what this means, but this is what I want. I'm, I'm, I'm bankrupt in my soul, and I need... Uh, regeneration. I didn't use that word in those days, but, um, and so I received Christ alone in my bedroom. So now I had a problem because the stuff we were doing in clubs was, was pretty blue humor, as you can imagine. So I show up at rehearsal and I said, Hey, before we do anything, guys, uh, we were a three man group at the time. And I said, I've got to, uh, I got to tell you, I'm, I became a Christian and I'm going to leave the group tonight. And my one partner, Dave tool said, well, I was going to leave the group tonight because last week I became a Christian. And then my third partner, Larry Watt, he says, last week I rededicated my life to the Lord. And so That's we just wild. said, whoa, God. And we, were, we were like baby, baby, baby Christians. And we just said, um, I think we should keep the group going and do something that we'll call Christian comedy. And over the next weeks, um, I guess it was two months, so eight weeks, 
we wrote our entire first record. And, um, I mean, it was that soon. So what it was is we were already really honed in our comedy uh, craft. I mean, we were good. We'd been, we'd been playing clubs for about seven years. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and, but we were brand new in the faith. And we didn't really know how you do this thing, how you integrate your Christian faith in, in comedy and especially the kind of sketch, uh, kind of a little bit of irreverent comedy that we did. Right. It's like, how does this work? So that was kind of the, I guess you could say the birthplace of what we think of today as contemporary Christian comedy. And uh, that's how it all, all got started. Wow. Dan Rupel is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL, uh, just chatting a bit about the, the birth of uh, not only Isaac Airfate, but really for you and for Dave and for Larry in, in that group. And were you, the three of you, was that uh, coming straight out of school that you went together all those years, or was there other people in and out uh, before? Uh, uh, Larry and I went to high school together. He was in that original drama uh, department. Okay. Um, Dave didn't join us until... Uh, a couple years later, my first year of college, because I found him at Long Beach State University where I was attending. Uh, I put a, a, a sign up, and he, he saw it, and that's how we connected with Dave. Okay. Let me ask you this, uh, Dan. Can I give folks uh, a, a quick sample just so they can get an appreciation of uh, the Jerusalem Dragnet one that you did? I listened to it again yeah. today. It reminded me laugh my head off, and um, I isolated the part— where you you and well where the visit to Judas happens, so uh, uh, yeah. just because it's also fairly short, so we can give people a little sample, but also continue our conversation. Uh, do you want to set it up a little bit, or or should I just play it, or how do you want to do this? Well, it's in the this obviously it's it's in the format of the old uh, Dragnet TV show, but it's uh, it's two Jerusalem uh, private detectives trying to. Uh, find out about this man, Jesus, who is stirring up all sorts of trouble. He's walking on water and outrunning the patrol boat and, you know, all these different things. So they're, they're looking around. They've, talked to, they've already talked to Judas. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Peter. They've talked to um, Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> and, uh, and now they've found their way to Judas's house. All right. The whole sketch is 10 minutes, but this is just a couple minutes of it. Here we go. I don't know, Goody, uh, maybe we're lost. Boy, it sure stinks back here. Mm. Maybe we should have sent Sergeant Laverne. His beat, anyway. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't that someone up there? Yeah, uh, pull a donkey up here, Frank. Okay, uh, I'll go up to him and I'll shake his hand. That's uh, still not definite enough. Why? What if someone shakes your hand first? Well, what do you want me to do, kiss him? Sounds good. Okay, we'll see you tonight. Uh, where are we supposed to meet you? Don't worry, I'll be hanging around. <laughs> yeah. So that's just a snippet, and there's a lot of those that are in there. That's just a couple of minutes so folks can get a, a sample of what that's all about. Uh, so much yeah. fun. So much fun. Let's, uh, let's, I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and it's available. I, I was looking on iTunes, but for, for those who would like to look up, because there were how many albums? Over seven, eight, nine, something like that? Uh, we did um, uh, eight albums. Okay. So if folks want to look it up, and maybe if we have time, we'll sneak in a little something else later on. But if folks want to look up Isaac Air Freight's material, is there a best way you would recommend uh, them grab that? 
Um, yeah, I'd, I'd look at iTunes. I'd look at, um, you know, any of those things. I, I don't really know where. I used to offer them in, in, uh, in compilation things on, on DVD or CDs, but uh, that's kind of gone. We also have a page on CD Baby, which you can do downloads. Okay. Of, uh, of various sketches. You can either buy the sketch a la carte or you can buy the, the uh, classic albums. Highly recommend it. Uh, folks just tuning in, Dan Rupel, who is the CEO of Master Media right now. We'll talk about that, too. And had a lot of other amazing experiences uh, since his days with Isaac Air Freight. Joining us today for a few moments. We have a quick break to take. Come back, continue our conversation with Dan, who uh, has done a lot. He loves the Lord a lot. Got a lot to offer us on our program today. Back with more in just a moment on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 418, the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL, WFL.com, and on the app, too. Dan Rupel, CEO of Master Media and founding member of the Christian comedy group Isaac Air Freight, joining us. Uh, I love the fact you talked earlier, Dan, about the, um, the, you know, the, uh, the improv, I guess, you came across when you were 15 or when you were in, in high school, right. junior high, right? I remember Second City TV, SCTV, came to our mm-hmm. uh, small Christian uh, high school that I went to. And similarly, I think I was uh, 12 or 13, falling in love with just the, the way they're able to do what they do on the fly, thinking off the top of their head, on their feet. And um, I fell in love with it. I did some plays in high school and acting, and they will tell you radio is theater of the mind, where you have to sometimes think fast on your feet. Yes. Right? So um, what do you find funny? What what makes you laugh actually or, or from back then and, and even now? What makes you what do you consider funny and fun? Well, I I like really um I like wit. Um I like things that are just really super clever. Um yeah. you know, I, I I'm not while while I totally respect slapstick of, of like the three stooges and you know that sort of thing. I, I'm not a fan of it. It doesn't really make me laugh. But what makes me laugh is is incredibly good wit. Um, you know, Monty Python when they're not kind of going off the rails, yeah. uh, they're extremely they're 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 on the surface they're they're crazy. They're just you know really uh, kind of silly. But underlying it, there's some some brilliant wordplay and stuff. And, you know, these guys graduate from Oxford and Cambridge. You know, these guys are highly intellectual. So, so wit really, really uh, makes me laugh. But also comedy that's really based in, in your everyday life. Um, I grew up a, a real fan of the Dick Van Dyke show, hmm. which, uh, or the Andy Griffith show, which was, it wasn't jokey. It was just, you know, I, I know that the producers of those shows would tell the writers they would start on monday morning saying what happened at your home and you know they would say well my kid did this or my wife did this and that became an episode of the dick van dyke show so i like those kinds and i i'm to to this day i like movies like that that it's like it's not a jokey kind of humor it's it's really based in relational sometimes family relationships or just humor that surfaces in everyday lives and relationships. Interesting. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, those are not that it's a shock, but uh, the Andy Griffith show is, is hugely popular. Dick Van Dyke, our family watches uh, the Andy Griffith. Even now we have five kids ranging from nine to 21 and we'll sometimes round up after dinner and, 
and uh, and watch. Yeah. In fact, I've been working on uh, Betty Lynn. She's one of the few surviving members of the cast, and she lives in North Ooh. Carolina right now. Uh, she's 93. Really? Yeah, she's 93, and once a month there's a museum locally that she goes for two hours and signs autographs and just talks to people. And I've been in touch with the museum's, um, you know, the person in charge since probably September or October to try to see if we get Betty Lynn on the program just for, you know, five or ten minutes because, it, you know, just, just for fun because we admire watching the program. Sure. Yeah, so it's in the, it's in the works. <laughs> it's in the works. Yeah, her health hasn't been great Good. and all that, but that's kind of a fun thing. Um, which is yeah. some, something I know that you do a lot with and, and with Master Media as far as uh, building bridges into Hollywood. And um, I, I'm teasing it now. I do want to get to that. But but before that, just I, I like chron- chronology. When when Isaac Air Freight wound up coming to a close, I guess it was in the early 90s, um, you also had done a lot of work in, in the mainstream too, right? So share a bit about kind of the path to and your roles with, um, you know, you can do one at a time, whatever, Price is Right and, and the yeah. others you've done. Right. Um, we, we started sensing that uh, I, God was kind of wrapping up Isaac Air Freight in the very late 80s. Um, we felt like creatively we just kind of did everything we wanted to do. We were tired of traveling. You know, we were together for 15 years, and we, had done, we were doing sometimes 200 flights a year. Wow. And our kids were getting a little bit older where, you know, we wanted to coach their little league teams and things like that. And so uh, we just felt like it was time to wrap it up. Um, and then um, I write, God just opened a door and I went into radio. Uh, I did what you do. Um, really? I had a morning, uh, yeah, I had a morning talk show with uh, my best friend since I was a little kid, Bob Bennett, who's a Christian musician. Sure. Um, singer-songwriter, uh, but we've been best friends since we were little, little kids. And, uh, in fact, we, we, we roomed, we, after we graduated from high school together, we, we moved out and we shared a, a house. And I came to the Lord, and then Bob came to the Lord three months later. But, um, anyway, so we hosted a, a, a morning talk show here in Southern California. We did that for about two, maybe three years. And then that ended, and, um, and God, I won't go into the long story, but God just miraculously uh, opened the door for me to be a supervising producer at, the, at CBS at one of the, I mean, top positions. And um, the first show and the one that I did for the next 10 years, every episode of, was The Price is Right. This is back in the days of Bob Barker. And uh, that was, that was a, a true joy. Um, I had 100 people on the crew under me. And uh, I am still, I left there, well, 20 years ago now, and uh, I'm still very close with many of the producers, uh, crew members, uh, different people that I worked with on The Price is Right. So that was, that was a, a blast. I wow. still, that's my family. That's Dan Ruppel's our guest for those tuning in on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Dan's on the West Coast, we're on the East, and we're chatting today. Uh, got to know Dan originally in terms of uh, being aware of the material he did with the Christian comedy group Isaac Air Freight uh, personally when I was probably 13, I'm going to guess in 80, 81, somewhere around there. And then uh, all the albums you put out after that, look forward to hearing those. I used to make fake radio shows in my house 
uh, back before actually working in radio starting in 1988. <laughs> so I would take your cassettes and I'd cue them up with my pinky and I would hit the play button on there one, have my toe on the other button on the other machine and start recording and uh, include your, your material in my fake shows from home. Um, but and then moving along now into into this professional uh, life in, in the other way with the with the prices right at CBS. Uh, you said you didn't want to tell the long story. I'm not rushing you. I'm happy to hear if there's some piece of it, especially that's exciting to hear how God orchestrated something. Um, I don't know if you want to share that part or if, if you know what you shared is enough is fine too. Um, well, I'll, I'll do it very quickly. I'll do it the Reader's Digest. Okay. So what happened is is uh, it was it was a Friday, and um, the program director at the radio station after we got off the air because we did a morning show. Yeah. Uh, he, he took me to lunch and he said, we're going to change formats and, uh, you know, you're basically done. <laughs> he was, he was very politely firing me, but it wasn't because they didn't like the show. They were changing formats. Yeah. They were going more news oriented. And, um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm out of work. I mean, I'm just, you know, this is a Friday. Okay. That, that evening, I, at the time I was, uh, leading an adult bio, uh, Sunday school class at my church of a hundred people. It was a big, big class. And we were going to go on the weekend for a camping trip. So, um, I, I just got fired and I'm ready to go camping. And I tell my wife, I go, let's not tell anybody that I got fired because, um, you know, it, I don't want to put a cloud over our camping trip. So that night, uh, we were getting ready to go into our tent to go to bed, my wife and I, and I heard these guys playing a board game. And I went over to see what it was. It was this game, Scategories. It's a Milton Bradley game. Sure. I don't know if you ever played it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, so I go back to my tent, Tim, and that night I didn't sleep at all. All I could think of is I know how to make this a game show uh, for, the TV, for a TV game show. And I couldn't get it out of my mind. Okay. We come back from the camping trip. I've got this in my mind. A friend of mine, in fact, he was in the Sunday school class. He wasn't camping with he, at the time, was director of studio operations for CBS. And I had called him and said, hey, I just got let go at the radio station. I really feel God is calling me to television. Can I have dinner with you? And he says, yeah, meet me for dinner right after I get home. And so we met for dinner. And I thought he was, you know, I said, I said listen, I'll do anything. I, just give me an entry level. I'll sweep floors, work in the tape library, whatever it is. And he goes, Dan, too bad you don't have a game show. And I said, I've got one. I just got one Friday night. And he goes, well, CBS is desperately looking for a game show to go between Family Feud and Price is Right. And so anyway, we developed this game show. We pitched it to CBS. CBS, this is CBS daytime. They get about 400 pitches a year. Yeah. And they green light maybe two. Well, they gave us a developmental deal. They said, we love it. Let's do it. Wow. I won't go into the details, but basically it fell through because um, Milton Bradley wouldn't give us the rights. Hmm. And um, I can't tell you all the inner yeah. workings that it didn't work out. That's fine. At the exact time, that exact time, this is the timing of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord. At that exact time, the supervising producer on The Price is Right uh, left the show. He left. And so my friend said, hey, you know game shows. 
you're a good leader. Um, I'd like to hire you at CBS to do The Price is Right. I knew nothing about television production. <laughs> wow. I mean, nothing. I was so unqualified. But God allowed me to do it where, um, you, know, I, you know, I'll tell you what I did. And, and this is, I emulated Jesus' model of leadership. From day one, I told you, Tim, earlier that I had 100 people on the crew under me. Day one, I thought, okay, technically, man, I am not at all qualified. But what I can do is be a blessing to every single person on the crew and speak value into them. That's good leadership. Hmm. So what I did is every single day, in fact, they used to make fun of me. Every single day, I would go counterclockwise around the studio, and I would have a touch point with every single person on the crew. I would just, you know, how are you doing? Hey, did your, your son win his Little League game? Hey, how's, how's your family? Hey, how's this? Hey, you know, just showing an interest that I cared. And it made for such a good atmosphere, such a camaraderie and, and family on the stage that soon, um, you know, people were going like, I want to work on one of Dan's shows, <laughs> you know, because, uh, it, 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 you know, it's such a good atmosphere. And then over time, I, I learned TV production. I had to, sink or swim. And, um, and then what happened is about two years into it, maybe three, um, David Letterman left NBC and signed with CBS. So the Letterman people came out from New York and they came to LA and said, Hey, we want to, Dave wants to do some shows at your studio in LA. And, uh, they said, fine. They said, here's the dates. And we, you know, started going through the dates. And then they said, we would like Dan Rupel to be the supervising producer. And my boss said, Dan Rupel, how, he's the newest guy in the department. And how do you even know about it? And that. How do you know? How do you know his name in New York? So Dan, and they said we heard. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, can I take a quick break and hear the PS to oh, this? Yeah. I want to. I can. Yes. This is like a, this a little trick to keep people through the break, of course. But. Yeah, this is a, this is a cliffhanger. <laughs> Dan Ruppel's our guest. It's a Tim DeMoss show, AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app back with more in just a second. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 433 on the Tim DeMoss show on WFIL. Some sun and clouds, the balance of the afternoon, eventually down to 43 tonight. Tomorrow, a lot of clouds, shower, two possible and a high of 59. If you're just uh, tuning in, Dan Ruppel is our guest. He's a founding member of the Christian comedy group, Isaac Air Freight. If you've never heard of them, uh, you got to look them up. Just take my word for it. You'll love it. Um, he's also the CEO of Master Media, which we're going to chat about too. But we're in the middle of uh, kind of things where after his days in Isaac Air Freight and God getting a hold of him and his bandmates, uh, how he wound up being on The Price is Right. And now David Letterman is aware of you, Dan, uh, and your work, I guess, on The Price is Right. Tell, tell us a little bit how he, you were, I think you were saying, like, how does, how does David Letterman even know I'm alive? Yeah, well, it wasn't so much Dave, Dave himself, although he got to know me later. Yeah. Um, it was just the producers. They, they yeah. had heard that, I, that, you know, and they gave me the credit, which wasn't really, it was, God was just so good, um, that, you know, there was a good atmosphere in the studio, in, in, uh, in the production, as well as they said, they said, we hear that, 
his his crew will do anything he asks of them. <laughs> and you know, but but that's a that's a principle of the kingdom. When you speak value into into somebody, they they respond by really wanting to to you know uh, be part of the team and do their very best uh, when they they feel like somebody values them and and appreciates what they do. So. Um, so that was that was wonderful to hear, and of course, you know, growing up in the comedy world, you know, Letterman was like, "Wow, this is cool," and uh, so that set the stage for, you know, I told you I did The Price Is Right for ten years, but now simultaneously for the next eight years, I was also doing Letterman. Now, uh, it, true, Letterman's in New York, I was in L.A. So what I did, Tim, is I produced all the shows he did outside of New York. Like we did a number of shows in San Francisco, did a lot of shows in LA. And then we would also do roll-ins with different celebrities out in Hollywood that we would do pre-tapes or, or direct satellite into the show. And uh, it was just a great relationship. And again, you know, I go to New York with Master Media, which we'll get into later, um, a, a few times a year. And I still go back uh, even though Letterman's not on anymore, I still go back to the Hello Deli and see Rupert, and I go, I go, you know, back and see some of the the, the old crew members at uh, CBS uh, with Letterman, and uh, so I'm still real close with that whole uh, whole family of productions. One of the interesting things, Dan, is uh, you know I, I've talked uh, primarily with Christian musicians in terms of the Christian music world, and there's not a ton of. Christian comedians by comparison, I suppose, to to art, you know, musicians and bands and things. Right. And some of Definitely. the art, right. So some of the artists will tell you, like in in the group DC Talk, Toby Mack is a friend, and he has spoken kind of on record, like he really feels as much as he wants to reach the world that he felt his calling. At least the time I talked with him about it uh, in depth, he really felt his calling personally was wanting to strengthen the church, and then the church goes out. And then there are other people who feel more like, yeah, we want to help the church, but we actually have an even bigger heart, perhaps, for those who are on the fringe or who don't know the Lord yet at all. And so, it can, you know, God can use all of us in different ways. Your, your life has yeah. involved both, right? Because you had that, prim- yep. I guess, primarily Christian audience for a lot of times with Isaac Freight, and then shifted over more into the mainstream and influence. And it's interesting how you say that, that the, the gospel and, and, the, and Jesus in you was coming out just by the way you love people as a leader. You, got, you had to get your stuff done, right? But speak to that mm-hmm. whole dynamic yep. of, of where your heart was at and maybe just God does different things at different times in, your, in a person's life. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I think God is so good. You know, he, he prepares you and he doesn't waste anything. Every season, every change, every lesson we learn, everything we walk through, good or bad or ugly, is, is God's refining tool to prepare us for the next season he's calling us to. And now here I, you know, I, I told you how years, uh, what was it, probably uh, uh, six or so years, we were playing in the mainstream nightclubs. So I got a real good glimpse at a very early age of the mainstream entertainment world. Okay, then I get saved, as, as well as my, my other members of the group. And I think it was kind of a mercy of the Lord. He put us with Isaac Airfreight in the Christian market. I think we needed those boundaries. I think we, as we grew, because we were just baby Christians, I'm, I'm wondering if had we gone right back to clubs, if, if it would have really 
kind of been detrimental to our early stages of, of you know, growing in our faith in the Lord. Yeah. Um, so it was really wonderful that we could really be in the Christian market. And like DC Talk was, or Toby was talking, you know, we were definitely called to model what comedy could look like within the Christian community. Uh, and we knew our audience was Christian. Okay, but now 15 years goes by of Isaac Airfreight, and now God is taking me back to where I started, the mainstream. And my heart had always been towards the mainstream. And as you're saying, you know, God has different callings on us. Some people, like in the film world, there's the Kendrick brothers who are definitely called to, to the Christian market to, to speak to the Christian community. But then there's also those, and I have many, many friends who are Christians working in the mainstream of Hollywood or New York or wherever media capital they're at. And that's what was our heart. Because my belief with my time at CBS, and now it plays into what I'm doing with Master Media, is, you know, we have throughout the, the years, sometimes the Christian community has retreated from places of darkness. We've retreated and said, nope, nope, I, I, have to, I have to isolate myself. I have to separate myself. Well, God never did that. Jesus said, I, don't, I pray you don't take them out of the world. You need to be there. You need to be there. You need to be that light in the darkness. You need to be that salt in, in, the, in, uh, 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 you know, in the world. And you need to be a real Christian presence where maybe there isn't a Christian presence. And the, the media industry, the entertainment industry, is the most influential community on the planet. You know, you know, I'm sure you've gone on like you know, short-term missions. You go to, you go to, to a third world. You need to interrupt. Yeah. For a- I do. I do. But no, I'm, I'm listening to finish your thought for sure. I'm laughing oh. because I'm thinking about your, t- I was actually thinking uh, the, you know, Hollywood being a short-term missions or, or building bridges th- that way. You were actually talking about going yeah, to yeah. another country, right? I mean, which I've, I've been involved with that too, but um, go ahead. Yeah, yes, but what I'm on. saying is, is the, you know, you go on a short-term mission, you, you see, uh, unfortunately, you know, starving children, and they've never heard the gospel, but they're wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. They're very aware yeah, of right. film. They're aware of, of, of the Hollywood media. So it, look at how influential the media is, and where do we need Christian presence, Christian voices more than, than Hollywood? Yeah. So. You know, we, we, we've, we've got to be there, and we've got to do... I always look on it, and I've spoken at 16 uh, film, Christian film schools this past year, and I, I liken it to Daniel in Babylon. You know, he is an exile from Jerusalem. He's not in the safety of, of a, of a uh, Judeo-Christian... I know this is before Christ, of course, but yes. a you know, Judeo-Christian uh, worldview. He's in Babylon, and but he... Ex- because he's given to excellence, and he's also strong in his convictions and won't compromise his, his belief in God. And that's what we need Christians, to, to go into Hollywood, to go into the media capitals of the world, and be given to excellence, be the best, the best, the best, which is reflective of, of the excellence of God, but also being strong, uncompromising in our Christian commitment. And that's what will change a culture like Paul in Athens. That's what will change a pagan culture um, if you are that true uh, representation of the kingdom of God. 
Dan Rupel is our guest, CEO of Master Media. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and continue that theme. I think it's so important what you're touching on there, Dan. I know you spent a lot of years on that. Uh, brief break, Dan, originally with Isaac Air Freight for many years doing Christian comedy, among other things that he's done in his lifetime. Again, quick break. We'll come back, keep our conversation going. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 445 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Dan Rupel has joined us for the hour. We're very glad to have him uh, today. If Again, if you are new to the comedy of Isaac Air Freight, totally recommend you look it up online. I grew up on it. Love it. Glad to have Dan on the program. Since those days in the 70s, I guess late 70s through the early 90s, uh, he's gone on to become uh, involved with The Price is Right, The Late Show with David Letterman, Primetime Emmys. I think, were you involved with Family Feud as well or other programs too, Dan? Yeah, I did. uh, Well, I did about 1,200 episodes of The Price is Right, but I did about... Three or four hundred of of Family Feud. Okay, was Richard Dawson still part of it then, or was Steve Harvey? No, no, no. This is after him. That was after him. Okay. Um, But then, and then I did um, uh, about a couple hundred uh, Wheel of Fortunes also. Wow, (laughs) that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Well, so I was the game show guy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speak to so. How long has the master media part been? You know, how when did that start and become kind of the main focus for you for a while now, right? Yeah, I, uh, Master Media was founded by Dr. Larry Poland in 1985, um, and I came in, Larry retired, and I came in as the CEO almost five years ago. Okay. And that is uh, really my, my sole focus uh, now. And uh, Master Media is a, um, is a relational outreach uh, to the mainstream media. Uh, we serve as a trusted voice of faith to top uh, media executives and leading filmmakers uh, in the media community. Um, we, and what that means in real terms is um, we, we form relationships with the, the, you know, heads of studios, heads of networks, uh, heads of production companies, as well as, as actors and, and uh, screenwriters and, and producers. Um, you know, we want to, we want to be that, I, I mentioned trusted voice of faith. Um, what happens in today's landscape, you know, when Master Me was started, there were three TV networks, there were six studios. So theoretically, if you made relational connections with those, um, nine people who were the heads of the studios, um, you really, they are the gatekeepers of what, uh, you know, the world's going to see on their screens. So if you could be that Christian voice to those nine people, um, you, you could really be a wonderful uh, influence uh, for the cause of Christ. Now, that's all changed with the digital explosion. You know, now there's a gazillion networks and, and you know, platforms and streaming and, and all sorts of things. So it's, it's, you know, really impossible to you know, form relationship with everybody. So what happens is today, when I was a kid, you know, 60 million people would watch Bonanza. You know, now if you get a, a million viewers uh, on a show, that's a pretty good hit. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty substantial. Right. So what happens is we've, we've gone from what I call broadcast and narrowcast and niche cast. They're looking for niche audiences. 
And what happens is the loudest voice uh, representing a community in their offices is usually the community that gets represented on our screen. And there's, you know, every, every community group by, you know, race or, or whatever it might be, um, you know, is, is represented in, in those offices. And they, and they should be. They should be represented. But the Christian community, the largest community in America, is, is vacant. It's missing, that voice. So that's what we do. We want to serve as that voice of the Christian community, the voice of faith, uh, into the industry as well as the personal lives. And we, we, we don't go in with a heavy agenda. We just want to go in and love them, serve them. And we always say before we leave, I'd love to pray for you. And this is a wonderful thing is uh, we, I have never, I never leave an office without offering to pray, and I've never been turned down. Every single executive has said, I would love for you to pray for me. I would so appreciate it. And now in this pandemic where no one's in their offices, I've been Zooming or texting or, or, or emailing, and so many of these executives get right back to me and go, thank you so much for reaching out. Thank you for, for praying for me. Continue those prayers. I appreciate them. Dan Rupel, our guest, CEO of Master Media, and uh, there's a lot of different things that I could, I'm thinking through I could ask. I'm trying to pick which one or two to, to throw your way <laughs> for now. Uh, I, my heart goes the direction you're talking about. I, I guess I feel like um, I've said with this program, let's, I'll, I'll put this angle out there to you. If I, there are people who interest me, a lot of people do, shows I've watched that maybe not, uh, or, or like the show's not known for being a Christian show, but they're are things woven in like there's a guy James Spader intrigues me greatly um, from shows yeah. I've watched with him when he's been on some programs where he said something it's like there's got to be a Christian on the script writing team for those words yeah. that come out of his mouth right and I would love you know radio uh, this show and it has been actually we've had some of these moments where you have somebody on you just take time to do I think what you're doing just off the air is to to take time to have a relationship with people and they get to know you. It's very different when you're not uh, labeling a group of people, but you just have a one-on-one. And uh, yes. maybe that's a good word for people to be thinking the same thing. Love the person that's next to you. you I say, I'm, I'm nobody's judge. So I don't feel stressed. Like if somebody's not acting like a Christian, it's like, well, of course not. If they're not they're, why would they? So let's not, <laughs> don't worry about it and just spend time. And have you, have you found as you've taken time to get to know folks in Hollywood that if you come come at it just simply in a, a loving way in a humble way it, it's you know sometimes it, it's a completely different story yeah. than who you who you would have thought is on the other side absolutely um, my my mfa works in screenwriting and one of the things of screenwriting is you know they always say write what you know and and you know do your research now here's what happens let's say you're you're on a writing staff for for a, a show and you say you know what we're going to put a christian character in here now the lazy writer will default immediately to the, the stereotypes. They'll say, okay, he's a psychopathic killer or he's a hypocrite who's having an affair with his, the church secretary or what, you know. Yeah, right. They, they default to these horrible, uh, you know, stereotypes. Now, a good writer will say, wait a minute, I'm going to do my research. I'm going to find out what is the real heart of the Christian community. Sometimes they don't have someone in their life who is a Christian. They can't say, oh, that's what a Christian is. So they, 
you know, they just kind of default to that horrible stereotype. Whereas that's part of what we do is there's more and more of a Christian presence in Hollywood. And I've heard this from, from people who have become friends, writers, that said, you know, the producer was kind of saying, hey, let's go with this stereotype. And I spoke up and said, you know what? I know Christians. And that's not what they're like. They're really the, the kindest people, the most generous. They're the person that comes over in this pandemic and says, can I get you groceries? Because I don't want you to have to leave the house. They're the ones that care. And my neighbors are great who are Christians or whoever it might be. So that's what we need to do. We need to be that Christian presence everywhere on planet Earth. The community that God has called me to be that presence is Hollywood. Dan, you know, uh, I don't want to hold you through another break. We have one more, and then just have a minute or two after that. So maybe we can conclude our time. I'll finish up on, on my own here, and then we can have you back again sometime. I'd love to – I don't know if there's a, a, a way to talk through some more of these things because I think this this last part we're landing on also is really something that people need to be uh, reminded of, encouraged in, discipled in, thought through. Does, does Master Media – like for the average person listening, you know, anybody listening in – could they benefit from the website and from thinking through some of the stuff that you have available? Or uh... I think so. Um, uh, go on uh, mastermedia.com, subscribe. Uh, we have a, a quarterly paper newsletter. Okay. But we also have a uh, every other week uh, e-newsletter that comes out with some really interesting articles and materials. Uh, and then we also have a daily prayer calendar that's sent out where we, we've mobilized uh, – uh, thousands of Christians throughout America on a- any given day to pray for two specific people in, in Hollywood uh, that work in the, in the media. Hmm. And uh, yes, definitely, uh, you know, go on our website and, and go, go to our social media pages, Master Media on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. I love that. I love that. Dan, thanks so much for taking time. And I hope we get to do it again. And purpose, I know you're very busy, so I want it to be a purposeful use of time. But this has been great to cover the Isaac Air Freight days, the, some of the time at The Price is Right, the late show with Letterman, and some of the other things you've done. And but really to hear your heart for God throughout the whole thing, that's the most beautiful part of it all. So thank you for, for spending that time with us today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. That's great. All right. Quick break. Dan Rupel, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show. Grab the full podcast, by the way, the program at WFL.com right after. Back with more to wrap up in a second on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 4.57 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Really enjoyed having Dan Rupel on the program. If you just tuned in. Dan was a founding member of the Christian comedy group Isaac Air Freight. I grew up on their material. It's online readily. I highly recommend it. They do all kinds of sketches, dragnet. One's called The Last World Series Report. One's called Let's Trade Your Salvation based on Let's Make a Deal, big game show back in the day, and dozens of other sketches. Very creative, and uh, but really rooted in God's word, too. A little bit irreverent in a good way. Uh, help yourself uh, and treat yourself to that. Uh, at W, uh, well, not WFL, on, online. The podcast of today's program at WFL.com. Dan went on to work for The Price is Right, Late Show with David Letterman, and many other things. And I uh, love the, you know, where his heart and mind are at right now, being a minister in Hollywood and helping change the culture that way. And if you go to uh, Master Media, I think it's dot, dot com, you can get more info on what he's doing and how you can pray for those who are in Hollywood, the people you see on TV and in movies and all that. A very practical way to help shape 
the culture. Tomorrow, Dr. Michael Youssef from Leading the Way going to join us. Looking forward to that very much. Much more coming in the days to come. We appreciate your prayers. Feel free to tell a friend about the program as well. We'll uh, wrap things up here. And Alistair Begg's up next. Truth for Life, WFIL. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.